The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Holy God, we pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouths might be pleasing unto you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Trinity Sunday. It's the one Sunday each year that we set aside on the calendar to reflect on God three in one, the Trinity. We call it the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We sing about it in our hymns, we pray about it each week in our prayers, but we don't often take time to set aside and sit in wonderment at the idea of the Trinity, the great mystery of the creator, redeemer, and sustainer who are intermingled to make our God. Alice McKenzie said that it is the power that created us in the first place, that redeemed us in the second place, and that in the third place guides us each moment. That might seem a convenient and easy way to think about the Trinity, but honestly, Their activities are so intermingled that it is difficult to separate them into these different categories. It is impossible to tell in their intimate dance where the work of one begins and another begins. In fact, I think it's quite appropriate that our first reading today was from Proverbs, where wisdom is embodied in a female character that In Greek, we call Sophia. She is described beautifully. And I think it's interesting that throughout the years, through centuries, we have likened sometimes this character of wisdom to the Logos, to Christ, who was there at the beginning and through which creation came into being. While other theologians and thinkers have thought, no, the spirit of wisdom is actually the Holy Spirit, which Christ gives us, saying that it will be there to guide you in the way of truth. It is unclear which of these members of the Trinity we're supposed to call wisdom. I very much like that complication. I like that there's a mystery in the Trinity that we cannot explain, that is messy, It's a lot like human relationships. They're complicated. They often don't make sense. So today, I don't have any hope of explaining to you intellectually the Trinity. So if that's what you were hoping for, you can step out now. (laughs) 
Instead, I think the Trinity is something that we might not approach intellectually to be grasped, but a mystery that wants experiencing. It is a dynamic relationship that exists not only within the Trinity itself, but a relationship that flows from it and engages us to encounter it. We're called to join in the wild dance of God. Now, the thing about this loving relationship is that sometimes we like to sugarcoat love, to think it is simple and not complicated, that it's about being polite and being nice. But the way that God works in relationship is much more difficult and much more dynamic than that. God is never settled, but always in this complicated movement of three, responding to one another's movements and callings. And for me, what is most powerful about reflecting on this mysterious relationship is the idea that we are created in the image of this movement of God. This wild God who at his very essence is relationship. What does it mean to be created in the image of a Trinitarian God? What does it mean to be created in the image of a relational dance? There is a word that they use in Africa called Ubuntu. Loosely translated, this means, I am because we are. It means that we are human only in community. I think this is very much at the heart of what it means to be in the image of the Trinity. Bishop Desmond Tutu described Ubuntu this way. He said, I am because we are means you can't exist as a human being in isolation. It speaks of our interconnectedness. You can't be human all by ourselves. We think that by ourselves we can be individuals separated from one another. But in Ubuntu, we realize we are connected, that what you do affects the whole world. To be like God means to live into community. It means to experience loving relationship. And not the sugar-coated kind of loving relationship, but the loving relationship that calls us beyond ourselves, that challenges us, that annoys us, that drives us crazy. When I think of the way the Trinity works, I often think of how Jesus wrestled with God, how in the weeks leading up to his crucifixion, he begged God to change things, he thanked God, he asked that this cup might be taken from him, he felt love and he felt forsaken. Human relationships work like that too. They're not simple or easy We wrestle with each other. It is work, but it is good work. One theologian describes the Trinity as God the Father being a deep root. The Son is the shoot that breaks forth through the soil of the world. And the Spirit is that which spreads beauty and fragrance. I like this description of the Trinity in part just because I love poetic image. But I also love the idea that God is pulling God's self in multiple directions. That if you ever look at a plant, you see that the roots go down into the ground, anchoring the budding, anchoring the sprout. 
It's literally pulling itself in opposite directions in order to flourish. This pushing and pulling so that one can blossom resonates with me in my human relationships. To be in relationships means challenging, anchoring, pulling, pushing, working together so that we might blossom into the world and fill it with God's presence. This past week, my husband Kyle and I have been working on packing our lives up to move to Kansas City. I don't know how many of you have packed up an apartment or a house, but it is a stressful process. Not only are you processing emotions, but you also have to do the dirty work of just getting your stuff into boxes. And you never realize how much stuff you have until you have to do this task. I have to admit that we have sometimes lost patience, that we've been exhausted, that I have not been the best version of myself. There have been moments where I wanted to wallow in my sadness and my stress, but when you're with another person, you can't do that. We've made a deal that both of us are allowed to freak out as long as it's not at the same time. So in this way, one of us is able to encourage and challenge and say we have to pack the next box when one of us is feeling entirely drained and like it's an impossible task. There are moments, I have to admit, when I think it might be easier to do this on my own. It would be simpler. I could just cry if I needed to cry. I could take my time. I could wallow when I want to wallow. Or I could just pretend everything is fine and not have someone asking me how I'm doing. But the richness of being in relationship with someone is that it calls you beyond yourself. It challenges you and encourages you in the moments when you most need it. And while it might be easier to do things alone, it is so much richer to do them together. I think that is what the Trinity is about. It is about reminding us that at our essence, we are relational. We are called to help one another, challenge one another, encourage one another. We're not called to always be polite or to pretend everything's all right. We're called to get dirty and messy. And sometimes we would rather ignore God's voice who, like the personified wisdom that we heard about from Proverbs, stands at the crossroads, stands at the gate calling us towards deeper relationship. I like to imagine that God is at the crossroads in this dance, this wild dance in which we stand at the sidelines watching, wanting to be a part of it. And often we think we don't know the moves. It's too complicated. I picture a junior high dance where all the boys line up against one wall, too nervous to go onto the dance floor. But God calls us anyway. If we listen, we are invited to follow where wisdom calls us into this complicated, messy movement where we respond to one another just as God responds within the Trinity itself. I had an experience as a 13-year-old where I was allowed to choose a mentor for my confirmation program. Now, there was a woman in my church named Derry Gibbs who I admired and loved so much, and I really, really wanted to ask her to be my confirmation mentor. 
To picture Derry, you have to realize that I grew up in a very small town, a white farming community, and Derry was the one African-American member of our church. In our very quiet, subdued little building, every Sunday, she would be the one who'd, in the middle of the service, shout, Amen! And she didn't care who looked at her. Now, as a 13-year-old, I was nervous and shy, and I did not want to ask her, even though I wanted her to be my mentor. My mother said, go ahead and ask her. Doesn't matter if you're afraid, the worst she can say is no. I was intimidated and nervous, and I thought I would stumble over my words. I thought that even if I got her to say yes, I wouldn't know what to say once we started meeting together. But of course, when I asked her, Derry just said, of course, baby, of course, and embraced me. Now, Derry called me baby throughout the rest of her life. Even three years ago when we were married, when I married my husband, Kyle, Derry came to our wedding and she embraced me and she called me her baby. Now, Derry never meant baby in a silly way. It wasn't demeaning. She meant it as in she saw her job as loving me. She saw me as part of her family. She helped raise me. In this sense, she really was my mother, and I was her baby. The best thing about Derry was that she was never afraid to speak her mind. She was never afraid to challenge someone. If you were talking bad about someone behind their back, she would be the first to say that you need to think about it from their perspective or go talk about it with them in person. But she said it with a smile and with love, so you never felt reprimanded until later you realized she just corrected you. She watched me grow up into an awkward 13-year-old without a theological thought in my head to someone who preaches weekly, who does ministry for a living. So for me, reflecting on the Trinity in relationship is about reflecting on people like Derry, people who entrust themselves to you, who are willing to let things get messy, who call you out of yourself to become something more. This is what Jesus did in his relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. He wrestled and prayed. He felt frustrated and forsaken and in love. This is the kind of love where we nudge and push each other towards blossoming, towards budding, towards becoming the fullness of what God calls us to be. This week, I am leaving California. When Chris scheduled me to preach on my last Sunday and I saw that it was Trinity Sunday, I will admit I was disappointed. I wanted a scripture that was about journeys. (laughs) I wanted something that would neatly be a metaphor for this segment of my life, not the abstract movement of the Trinity. But the truth is the more I've complicated this and meditated on this complicated concept of the Trinity, the more I've wrestled with it, the more I've realized it has everything to do with this journey. Because this journey isn't really about where we are. It's about who we are with. It's about relationship and how we transform one another and how God moves and responds to us. The summer after um, my junior year of college, I went to Oxford as a, a study abroad student. I stayed with one of my close friends, um, actually in C.S. Lewis's old room in Oxford. We had an amazing summer. We saw many, many sights. We learned a lot. 
In some ways, it changed my life and it made me a traveler. But the funny thing is, when we go back now and look at pictures, all of the pictures are just of the two of us. It's me and Becca. You can't even see Oxford in the background. We were looking through these pictures, and her husband commented, there's no pictures of landmarks or history. It's only the two of you. And Becca cheekily responded to him that that's because people are more important than places. I share this story because it resonates as very true to me this morning. That seems the truth of the Trinity, the truth of Ubuntu theology, that God doesn't dwell in a particular place, but in our relationships with one another, in the act of being challenged, in the act of making community, even when it's hard. And the closer we follow after God, and the more we listen to that voice of wisdom who's dancing at the gate, the more we go through those doorways, the more deeply entangled we become with each other. So today might be my last Sunday here in this sanctuary, but luckily it is the people, not the places, that matter. And I know that you all come with me. Because you are a part of me. You have made me who I am. I am because we are. Ubuntu, my friends. Amen. <laughs>